Hey everybody, welcome back to Wicked Good Sports. This is Swinging at Shins on the Wicked Good Sports channel where we're covering the World Cup, specifically Team USA, who unfortunately lost the Netherlands 3-1 to to end their World Cup run. I'm joined, as always, by Rhett Conway and Aaron Slater. Rhett, how you doing? Yeah. Aaron, how are you doing? Could be better. Yeah, yeah, so... Let's get into it. What are the big takeaways from this specific game first? And then we can kind of talk about the World Cup as a whole and what it meant to, you know, the team and, you know, soccer in the U.S. But, uh, Rhett, what would you see out there? Um, so I, I, I texted Aaron a picture of the lineup this morning because, unfortunately, we weren't able to watch it together. And – his response was, do you remember what your response was, Aaron? Uh, way lows. Yeah. I mean, that it was – I I think that that's – it's a bit rude to Burhalter because I'm not a Burhalter fan, and there's going to be a lot of griping about Burhalter in this podcast and in the rest of the podcast until either he's fired or he changes. Uh, I didn't love the lineup today. Nope. I don't think that's why we lost. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I think it's a big part of why. I don't know. I say that, but then I also think, you know, if Cameron Carter-Vickers is in defense, I think our defense looks a lot different. Probably. Um, He's more commanding than Zimmerman is. He he, he is. He he, he reminds me a lot of, like, Zidane Jara, where it just feels like there's an entire quarter of the ice <laughs> that you just can't go through because Jara's over there. You know what yeah. I'm That's how CCV feels. He's got like a bigger area that he gets to defend. He's not any quicker. I don't know exactly what's different about it, but you watch it happen. Um, I thought we looked great in the first 10 minutes. I thought we looked phenomenal. Yep. Uh, People were getting into it. Uh, We were talking about, I mean, I was at the beer garden again today, and I was screaming, we're going to win this game. We can do this. This is such a winnable game. Uh, The Pulisic early on, the gift, Mm -hmm. third minute, I believe it was. Um, I don't want to hear anything negative about Pulisic. He did everything right with that. The goalie just saved it. And the ball popped up on him. It really, like, there was some things that were stacked against that shot in particular. Uh, The fact that he was even there to pick up that shot, you know, way to be in the right position at the right time. Uh, Could he have done better? I don't know. If it's me, I'm sending that thing into the roof. Uh, I mean, roof as in like the stadium roof, but yeah. No, but, I thought uh, what he did was great. I thought he opened up his hips well. He hit it with the right yeah. part of his foot. He yeah. tried to go away well, from where the goalie's going to be coming out to get it. He tried mm-hmm. to use the goalie's momentum against him. Um, in fact, I think the only thing that he maybe should have done differently, and this is in hindsight, is the goalie actually seemed to have a slow step. So he wasn't as far out as he maybe could have been. Could have taken a touch. You yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not even thinking should have taken a touch at that point. Your real th- your question is, am I going near side or far side? Mm-hmm. And with where the goalie is going to be moving, you probably want to go far side. Far but side. if the goalie's a little bit slow, then you want to go near side. But uh, guys, I'm sitting at home. I got air conditioning. You know, all this stuff's happening. This he's got that quick to make that decision. He goes with what you're supposed to go with. I thought it was it was unfortunate that it didn't come off, but it yeah. was fine. And I anyone who thinks that he should have done better, you know, I challenge you to do better. That's 
that's an incredibly hard, hard shot. It looks like, oh my God, look at this. And to a point it was, I mean, the expected goals on that is a 0.42. That's high. That's going to look. It was also a gift. And I don't necessarily agree with that being a 0.42, which I will also remind everyone is still less than a coin flip. So um, after that, we looked good until we very, very quickly didn't. Yeah, we got broken down. Real, just you just got broken down in the midfield, turned it over, and then it was, you know, to pay finding somebody who found somebody else, and then Gakpo ran with it, and Dumfries was an absolute monster this game. Gakpo's so good. We held Gakpo. Dumfries was the problem today. If we actually shut down Dumfries, they don't score at all. Well, true, but that's because we're using so much to shut down Gakpo. You know, it's like the Bill Bell takeaway. I'm going to take away your best, your best offense, whatever your best tool is. I'm going to take that away. You yeah. have to beat me with something else. No, that's I respect and that. We've talked about this so much on this podcast, and we're going to talk about this till the end of time because it is the capital T truth. Class is going to beat you over form. And when we take away Gakpo and they say, okay, here's Depay and here's Dumfries, it's well shit. Yeah. You know, it's okay. You have enough, you have enough targets. Um, Adams is, that was inexcusable how slowly yep. he got back. He's got to be standing there. He absolutely has to be standing there. That's his job as a six to stand at the top of that box and make sure that that pass can't get that deep. And it's yeah, one of the reasons was, why America sorry. had such a hard time getting those goals, getting any goals, was because the Dutch always had someone standing there. Yeah. They were very much swarming the 18-yard line right there and played very well in defense. Uh, tried to break him down, and we just, you know, would want to, we'd beat one defender, but another defender would be there to take yep. it away. Never got a very clear line on goal. No. Work them in. I mean, I'm looking at the shot chart right now. We had 17 total shots, three big chances, big chances. Um, one, I mean, we had almost probably seven, eight shots in the box. Uh, yeah, but even Um, with that, how many of them were actually? I do actually want to look right now. Uh, what did how many saves did their goalie have? Five. 17 shots, five saves. I mean, that, that right there shows how well their defense was doing. Yeah, because there was a couple cleared off the line, them. too. So it was like the Tim Ream one was cleared off the line. Yep. Uh, there was another one that was cleared off the line. I can't remember that one. Was it Haji when he broke up? Got that gifted uh, turnover? Yes, yes, I think it was. Oh, Haji. You know what? I actually wish he started the game instead of. Um, he looked better. Who the hell started? Ferreira? Because yep. here's the thing is, Haji's big and physical. Ferreira is more of a deep line playmaker, kind of. Comes back. He would he would pair well with another striker. Um, maybe that's something to look into. I don't know. but uh, the The big thing that we were talking at the bar was it looked like we wanted to beat him on speed and oh God, yeah. Ferreira's quicker. 
Yep. I think it came down to that, that it was that simplicity. The problem with Jesus is he was never where he needed to be. Yes. Which, again, if you want to beat a team of speed, Pulisic, Wea, and Reyna as your top three, let them mm-hmm. overlap all day long, and you will beat them with speed. But That's I don't want to harp on that too much. We've talked about that enough. Yeah. Uh, second goal was really disappointing. I thought. Oh, fudge. That just. Probably because it was daily blend. That was yeah. probably the real issue. Yep. Uh, looking at this, we had 58% possession. Expected goals. Dutch had 1.77. We had 1.51. You take away the Pulisic gift. That puts us pretty damn close to one. Uh, that seems correct. Yep. That seems right to me. Uh had almost 500 accurate passes. The Dutch had barely over three. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this. One thing I want to say, that Haji Wright goal. Oh, that was the strangest. We deserved a goal in this game? Yeah. I don't think we deserved it that way. I still don't know <laughs> how that happened. I, I don't know His big toe just went, and it was the weirdest thing. It's unsavable. Oh it's yeah, also, you you could. It's not repeatable. You can never nope. do it again. But it's unsavable. Nope. Like you can't get to that ball. Uh, and then um, I don't know what the hell happened on the last Dutch goal. I don't know why Robinson was tucked so far inside. Uh, he was practically holding hands with Reem. There was no communication whatsoever. He was standing in the middle of the six-yard box. Yeah. He never looked over his shoulder. I know oh. that he looked like he got hurt. I know that he was tired. Um, and those are the little things that slip and that's, that's fine, but someone's got to talk to him. Someone's got to be talking to him. Um, and that just didn't happen. And that, those are the things where I'm very proud of this U S team. Yeah. This was a youthful U S team that picked up a ton of experience for the next world cup. But when people talk about like, why aren't we that good? It's it's those moments right there that we let yep. that you slip. Switch off for that one moment, and then it's three to one. Yeah, we're, we're in the round of 16. You don't get to switch off. No. It doesn't happen. You have to be on all the time. Yep. This is 90 minutes of soccer, and that's it. And yep. if you don't win in those 90 minutes of soccer, there's no halftime and you're going to come back after a long break and don't worry about it. We'll be talking about it in between every play. It's 90 minutes of soccer and you have to always be on. And if you're not always going to be on, then you need to get replaced. But the problem is even with five subs, we're not replacing the entire team. Oh. I love Jedi. I find it so funny why he's called Jedi, um, but I love him. I think he's fantastic. I don't know if too much was asked of him. I don't know if every four days is too quick. You know, you see a lot of these guys, and this is something else that the better teams get to play. He plays on Fulham. Fulham plays once a week, maybe twice for the cup competitions. Yeah. You're looking at guys like Casemiro and Jesus and Messi and all these guys that play every three days. They know what it takes to be up there all the time, and we don't. That's true. That's another thing. There was there almost was a little scrap about the MLS at the bar today. Not not really a scrap, but a heated disagreement. Um, especially when Matt Turner came on and someone yelled "Woo MLS," and I was just like, "Not anymore, guys. Yeah, not not anymore." 
Uh, but the MLS, same thing. It, it's not – the league is getting better, but the consistency of playing every three days, when you get into this tournament where every four days you go, and every four days it's going to be the hardest game of soccer you've ever played. Yep. It, that's one of the reasons why I think we struggle because we don't have a league that does that. No. Uh, and it'll probably never happen either just based off of, you know, where MLS sits. They just don't have that infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot's changed in the MLS. I'm not, I'm not hating on the MLS. No. I think the MLS has gotten a lot better. I, I agree. It still needs to get better. Yes. Although, speaking of getting better, uh, not to be complete downers, I love this team. I thought I think, this team did so well. I think they did a lot of things that showed me that there's faith for future time. You know, and I and I joked with Malcolm on the way out. I was like, well, we're back to losing in the round of 16, so return to normalcy. Uh, <laughs> but in a very big way, it's not. And not just because of what happened in 2018, but the way with which we did it and how we did it, I thought was so much better. I think different coach. Yep. We're going to need a Tim Ream replacement. I'm talking four years from now. We're going to need a Tim Ream replacement. He's going to be too old. We're going to need a number nine of some yep. kind if we force ourselves to keep playing this way. God, I hope we, you know, something evolves with Pepe or, you know, yeah. Haji yeah. or. No, there, I, think... I mean, we, he may already have been on the team, you know. I agree with you. We, we could have the pieces. Yep. It's not, I'm not saying there needs to be an 18 year old somewhere. No, I, I'm saying like, Hopefully, they uh, their domestic clubs are able to influence them to make them better, and then we'll have that type of that nine, you know. And then we probably want to have a new right back. I don't know. I think Dest might the way he plays in four years. He looked great. <laughs> I want him to be able to play. I just I don't know if he's going to have the legs because the other thing is Yedlin came in for him several times in this World Cup. And Yedlin's going to definitely be too old in yeah. four years. So I don't well, know who's going to be your cover at right back. But anyway, my point is those three things. That is so much better than where we were four years ago. Yeah, I mean. Where it's I, like dismantle this team. Yep. Pulisic gets to stay. McKinnon gets to stay. I want everybody else gone. Yep. Now you look at this team and it's, okay, uh, need to cover our right back. That's going to be too old. And our only real needs a nine. Especially if we, and you know, say that we have to play this way, then we need a nine. And apart from that, we have a true number nine and some guys who have more experience and more time in Europe. Yep. We could easily beat this Netherlands team. In fact, there were multiple times where I thought today that we were going to. I thought that if they approached the second half the way I thought, if they played the way they did in the second half, the first half, I really think that we could have actually put in more than one goal. I thought they were. Obviously, they had to lump people forward. They had to send in the direct balls and stuff like that. But maybe that's the way to go sometimes. I think that's what frustrates me about Burhalter is he's just like, okay, let's send it to our wing back. Send it outside. We'll send a cross in. And it's like sometimes it just can't work like that. There's Ake, who's tall. Van Dyke's tall and strong. And you have Dion, who's tall and, you know, he'll he'll cover – that position there blend is a decent center back we don't have to worry about him for a while the next world cup because he'll be old but 
that that's why I was like, maybe Haji should have played this game because he's big and tall. That way he can beat up on Van Dyke and Ake down there. You know, in that sense, no, I, I think I, I agree. some things I, Berhalter doesn't think things through all the way. Here's my problem with the Berhalter crossing. Um, we played four games this World Cup. We scored three goals. That's not ever going to be good enough. No, that's what I said. You know, like, credit to our defense that we were in the round of 16. Yeah. Um, we go and we do these crosses and we talk about, well, we don't have size. We don't, we don't have guys in the box. Well, even at that rate, like, they're, they're sending hopeless crosses. Yeah, so they don't have yeah, No one's the box, there. But like, I mean, you look at – so let's go, jump back to the Premier League real quick. Arsenal beat Wolves in the last match day before the World Cup break. Both of them were on crosses, very much Burhalter ball, the way they dug into the side and then crossed it back to the middle. On every one of the goals that Arsenal scored that day, there were five guys in the box. I don't know if we had five guys in the box ever. I think that's because like, there were five different guys for America who got it into the box at any point during this World Cup. Did so you if notice? you want to play that crossing route, that's fine. But you need numbers in the box. You told me the other day. It's all about overloads. Well, so that's what I was going to say. It was like the the thing about overloads, too, is did you notice how many players would be near the ball? United States players would be near the ball when it's getting sent down, worked down towards the corner. It was always four or five guys yep. there. And it's like, which is why we can work it out. That's too many. Cause now you don't have anything in the box. Well, it's okay to work it in that way because I get that gets it in, but whoever's the guys that don't take the ball to the corner, they have to then crash in. But nobody was doing that. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's not that it's too many guys. You need the overload to get the ball that deep. But then you need the overload in the box for when the ball comes in, and those guys are going to have to be the same guys. And they're not right now because they're taught to, I don't know, hang back or whatever. But I don't know. Play the way Borhalter wanted to play, we never had the guys in the box to do it. I could see what he was trying to do. We just never put the guys in to do it. I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I, all I know is. When we play Mexico, I'm gonna feel good about playing Mexico because we can win those games. Oh yeah, no, I think I think Gold Cup, especially, and I understand that you were hot on Canada, but especially the way Canada showed themselves. Yeah, Gold Cup Nations League, we should be fine. Yeah, I totally agree. So with that, and as you said, you know, best team in North America now uh, officially, uh, but. How do you think like this run has kind of affected positively soccer as you know, I personally have seen a lot more people tweeting about it, a lot more people getting into it. We're covering it on this channel, which may be something four years ago if I was running the channel, I wouldn't have done. Um, how has like this kind of run grown the game in, in your opinion? And that's either of you want to jump in on that one. Uh I'm thinking because like we missed out the last World Cup, and everybody was bummed about that. So then they kind of slap on the United States. They just didn't really think of, you know, the development wasn't going to be there. And I, I think that just a lot of people forgot how good we actually can be. And now that we actually get to showcase it again, be in the World Cup, it's – I think there's always 
been a shift towards soccer, but now seeing us get to the round of 16 the way we did, the way we grinded out, like the United States always loves grinding games out, which I wish we would just do it with some flair sometimes. But um, I think that it's finally starting to get over the hump. It's We're getting there. We're definitely... Um, We're definitely th- we're about there we're about there that's my take on it i i think to, to answer more broadly about soccer in america um i think that there's been a ton going on lately that has been building you know it, it's to to use analogy it's like you got to bring a pot of water to a boil and you're throwing off wood you're throwing on wood you're throwing on wood and it's getting hotter and it's getting hotter but the water's just what it is, and then it starts to bubble, and then pretty soon, rolling boil, and away we all go, right? We have, over the last 15 years that I've been involved, I have seen the amount of soccer, not even, like, not influence, but the amount of the ability to, hold on, let me find my words for a second. The interest in soccer has gone from a, oh, I like soccer because other people don't, or, oh, I like soccer because I'm a Europhile, to, oh, I like soccer because we play soccer. I mean, I, I went to a couple sectional games from the local area around Albany, two, 3,000 people easily at those games, and it's not necessarily even just families of the people who are there. I, I wasn't family of anyone who was there. Friend was a coach, but still. You saw the beer garden today for the World Cup, and Yes, more people show up for the U.S. than anything else, but as big as the World Cup's ever been, four years ago or even eight years ago when the U.S. was still in it, they don't have Jenny's Landing pulled out. No. Um, I think you can see it with the numbers, and this is a conversation that you and I have had, Brian. NBC is paying billions of dollars to just show Premier League games, and that's not the rights to all the games that you know Arsenal or Man United or Chelsea play. That's just the Premier League games. When it's the FA Cup, that's been picked up by ESPN, who also has Serie A and La Liga, I believe. Yep. And Bundesliga. I mean, it's yeah, European do. soccer is becoming more manageable, more seen, and that's always going to drive up viewership. It's the biggest argument I've had with a uh, perfect example. I'm a huge baseball guy, but MLB TV. I live in New York. I follow the Red Sox. I can watch pretty much every single game wherever I want, on my phone, on my tablet, on my computer, whatever. It's right there. I can see it. You let people watch it, and then we're going to, you know, partake in it more. It's just it's that positive feedback loop that always gets brought back in, and then more people are interested in it. And then, oh, hey, it's actually a really good sport, and it's the rest of the world's favorite sport, essentially, because it is a really good sport. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be the number one sport in America in 20 years. Cause I, even, I don't believe that, but soccer is just on this trajectory that just keeps going up and up and up. And I fully believe, I know I said this in the chat, we have, it's going to be one of the big four very soon. It may be one of the big four before my daughter graduates high school. I mean, it's especially with the world cup coming up in four years. And oh, the God, U.S. Yeah. is going to be good when it happens. Not hold on, please. Can we do something? But actually, good. <laughs> <clears throat> and the viewership. I mean, you want to sit down and watch a game? You can go watch a game. And then you have the teams that are 
reaching out and doing these grassroots organizations. Arsenal America is all over America. They have like 70 chapters. It's it's going to be that kind of viewership. The other problem is, and I like that the MLS is getting better, but one of the things that's been holding us back is the MLS right now is not good. It's, it's secondhand football. They're played in football stadiums where real American football gets played, and they're owned by the same people. And, I mean, I, I like that the Revolution are like the Patriots and their name and their style, and I like that they play in Gillette, but it's so easy for someone to say, oh, yeah, that's like the B squad. That's just, you know, they're like the Patriots juniors, right? But then you get to watch, you know, Man United and Bayern Munich and PSG and Real Madrid and Barcelona I mean, you watch El Clasico. With El Clasico happened during a uh, Bruins playoff run, and we tried to go to the beer garden to watch the Bruins. I didn't realize it was El Clasico day. The guy looked at me and just shook his head. It's like, no, nah, not happening here, man. And that's something that four years prior, I don't know. I, I, I think we get in. It's just the, the availability of soccer mm-hmm. is just what's going to keep driving it. That's always been soccer's biggest thing. You don't need anything. You could play soccer with what's around you right now. And now that everyone can watch it, it's anywhere you want it. It's so easy. NBC makes I mean, even though NBC is now split, now you have to pay for Peacock and this. You guys don't remember the dark ages of what it was like to try to follow these teams before NBC had it. It was tough. So yeah, no, I think I think soccer is great, and as soccer gets bigger, hopefully Soccer America figures themselves out, and it's not going to be so much pay to play. Yeah. yeah, we could be. Someone posed the question of all the teams that have never won the World Cup, all the nations. Who do you think is going to be the next team? And there's a very good argument to be made that it's going to be America, mostly because the World Cup is going to be won by the teams who win the World Cup all the time for the next several decades, anyway. But still, we're on our way. Yeah, and that will be an insane day in America. I, oh I will lose I my mind. I will cry like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's good. Aaron, do you have anything you want to add on that? Or no, I think uh, Red touched on very many, uh, touched on a lot of points, and you know he hit it, hit it well. So I, awesome. I don't have any more to say to that. You got to thank your dad for that, Brian, because all Thanksgiving I was defending myself. Why do you like this? It's all fresh. Maybe, maybe we can convert him over. Maybe we can get him. Get he him was there. getting into it. By the time I left, he was getting into it. Yeah, I mean, he he he'll get into any sport. I feel like like he that just liked sports. So I think if we show it to him enough, he'll he'll get into it. But the U.S. men's national team run is over. But that doesn't mean the coverage of the World Cup is over for us and for Swinging at Shins. Rhett, do you want to plug the main podcast? Yeah, so we do a uh, Swinging at Shins podcast. Right now, it is all about the World Cup. In fact, right after this, I think Aaron and I are going to be recording our Match Day 3 reactions. Um, And then when the World Cup's over, we're going to jump right back into what Swinging at Shins is at its core, which is a Premier League podcast. And on top of the Premier League, I know Aaron does the Villa Villa on the Wiki Good Sports channel, which is the channel you're currently on. And I do the Way West Stand, which covers Arsenal. Aaron covers Austin Villa, if you can't figure that out from your name, you know. <laughs> uh, you can find the uh, Wiki Good Sports and Swinging at Shins on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, and then 
bit of a personal plug. If you are in the Albany area and you like Arsenal, I am putting together a Arsenal fan group called the Albany Gooners. <clears throat> Links will be in the description as well. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Kind of. Who knows what's going on with Twitter these days anyway. But mostly we're on Instagram. So give us, you know, check us out. Give us a like. Awesome. Yeah. So follow all those there. Links, as Red said, are in the description down below. And then other stuff in here, follow us on TikTok at Wicked Good Sports and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Wicked Good Everything. Guys, thank you so much for your time and uh, look forward to listening to the rest of the World Cup over at Swinging at Shins. So see y'all later. Thank you, Brian. Ooh.